0: Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Starcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Jake Barrison. On the show this week, we will be discussing Nintendo Direct News, The Last Guardian as well, and some uh, some big calls by PlayStation. We've got so much to go through because last episode was just all about the PlayStation conference. So we're going to catch you guys up all this week. Uh, but before we do, we got to see who's joining us from the Press Start team. I am Joined today by Ewan Youngblood
1: Rockspur. Hello, thanks for having me, Jake. I'm glad Matthew isn't here this week because he's just not mature enough to handle an episode by this number.
0: No, absolutely not. Uh, thank drift. you, Matthew, for not uh, being here. And we're also by, uh, joined by Stephen the Bearded One Impson. I am bearded. Hey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love That's it. That's why I nicknamed you that. <laughs> Stephen the Bearded One yeah we'll we're, to... we're all be in a tavern prior to our <laughs> dungeons and dragons quest
0: except i wish i could grow a beard
1: <laughs> keep trying uh, It'll yeah i'm with you there day. jake A will keep maybe it for us
0: <laughs> maybe next birthday i'll instantly sprout one if i try hard enough
1: that's how it happens <laughs> if ah, there's a cool. will there's a way
0: well uh talking about beards how about we talk about what we've been playing in the last week huh that's a uh solid segue. Didn't,
1: didn't, hmm. didn't 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 quite <laughs> pan out there Jake sorry.
0: Uh anyway, uh Steve, do you want to uh start with what you've been playing?
2: Oh man, this week has basically been Overwatch because it's always Overwatch now. Um but aside that game's from that It's so popular. It, it's so good. I it's love so it.
1: It's so good.
2: Yeah. But um yeah, I'm sure we've covered that so much, but so the main thing I've been playing that's not Overwatch is They've just recently released Psychopath's Mandatory Happiness on the Vita. Or or it's on PS4 as well. Well, it is sort of a dystopian sci-fi anime styled visual novel. Cool. Okay. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's kind of taken me a bit for surprise. Like I've played a lot of visual novels like Danganronpa and stuff like that, but they have some actual sort of gameplay sections or trial sections that kind of break things up a little bit this one is basically a visual novel in that you read and then you make a decision from a menu and then you read for another hour until the next decision happens it's 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 fun but don't expect there to be much of a
0: much of a game or a more so of it's a like hyped up goosebumps yeah <laughs> yeah
2: choose your own sci-fi adventure pretty much that's cool but yeah, no, it's pretty interesting so far. I won't go into too much story because I haven't finished it and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who happens to want to play it. But like it's um sort of set, as I mentioned, sort of in a sci-fi universe where there's like an all-knowing computer system that basically judges people to determine what their job would be, to determine their likelihood of being a criminal and things like that. And it sort of controls yeah. the yeah every element of society in that way um and you're playing as a guy who was a criminal and is now sort of on the way to reforming and you are able to basically you enforce people who are going to be criminals by shooting them with a gun that only allows you to shoot them if they are a criminal and yeah it's it's kind of interesting it goes into some like really interesting fairly heavy themed cases like there's stuff involving like child abuse and kidnapping and stuff it's kind of Jeez. way more intense than i thought it would be um yeah, wow. but yeah it's as, as much of it, it's basically a book, but it's an interesting book so far.
0: Yeah. Cool. It sounds very interesting. Not, yeah. uh, I haven't played a game like that before. So yeah, mm. Ooh, I have to look up <laughs> it, I look it up a little bit more. <laughs> um, Ewan, have you been getting that intense with your gaming? I know you've got a list of things uh, you've been playing. Yeah.
1: I've not gotten that immersed into anything. I've just been like dabbling here and there. Um, I had a lot I wanted to talk about because it's been a while since we had a chance to talk about what we've been playing. Um, I've done a fairly lengthy sort of preview on Final Fantasy 15, sort of over the last couple of weeks. That if it's now on the site, so if you want to go and check that out, uh, I would appreciate that a lot. Um, but yeah, I basically talked about how much I really liked Final Fantasy 15, despite all the sort of shade being thrown its way. I guess it's been dissed a bit. <laughs> whoa, 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 but, uh, whoa,
0: whoa! Wait. You'd like it.
1: Yeah, I liked it. It was really good. You've been well... saying this whole time that you're like, oh, oh it doesn't look good, well... Jake.
0: Every time I've been like, oh, it looks <laughs> good. You've been like, oh, yeah. you've got
1: to be kidding me. Yeah, I wrote it off. Um, and look, it does It does have problems. I I want to stress that. But as like a... Relative sort of newcomer to the franchise, uh, I quite liked it. Like the story was was quite impressive. It sets it up well. Um, you know, it was let down by like voice acting. Uh, the open world felt a little empty, and the kind of car driving wasn't so great. But the combat felt really awesome. Um, it was all. It's obviously all real time now. I think we spoke before. We have kind of a mutual disinterest in sort of time based combat or turn based combat. Sorry, um, yeah. but it's all real time. It's all very action intensive, but tactics are still there, as I believe. If they are so closely related to the Final Fantasy franchise. Um, so I actually had a lot of time, a lot of fun playing it. Um, and you can start seeing like how the systems I play, I only played the first three hours, but like you can start seeing how like the systems take place and the progression's gonna work um, and the sort of like relations between your party sort of develop. So I, I left wanting to play more of it, which I think is kind of what you would want to say coming out of a preview. Um, But in addition to that, I was playing like tons of the Battlefront, sorry, the Battlefield 1 beta. I must have played like 15 hours of that all up, which I was pretty proud of. Um, And I've also been playing some Mega Man because we've established that I'm relatively young. I'm like, (laughs) I don't have this extensive sort of gaming upbringing and I missed a lot of the sort of classics. Um, So I'm, I am trying to like gradually go back and play some of these games. Uh, So I've been playing a bit of Mega Man 2. Uh, I got the, uh, the collection um, in the recent sales uh, and with the help of some guides and stuff, I've been like playing through them Uh, and I've really been really enjoying it. Um, Mega Man 2 especially is a lot, a lot of fun. So yeah. That's a bit of a taste of what I've been playing with. Jake, what have you been playing?
0: Uh, well, thanks to the team and a wonderful update with Rocket League, I've been uh, playing some Rocket League Rumble, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic addition to that game. Jumped on the other night with yourself, Ewan, Matt, and uh, Shannon, and we definitely had some hilarious fun. Uh, Shannon and I, with our score streak of 7-2 to two to Ewan and Matt, uh, Ewan wasn't very impressed with that. <laughs> well uh, so let's be honest it was, it was it was largely
1: out. matt's fault like it you know uh, it, it, it wasn't, was doing pretty well he wasn't yes. really carrying his weight to be honest let's uh, just just you know just putting it out there
0: let's just say your team wasn't really a team uh <laughs> with all the kind of banter throwing between your two uh but yeah it's a, i think it's a really great addition to that game like that game is already like one of my favorite games ever and uh, putting in power ups and just all these crazy things that you can now do to score a goal or to block your opponents is just like, just so funny and just so entertaining. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to play that yet, I definitely recommend it. Um, and we are probably definitely gonna be playing some more here on the team as well. Mm. So it adds Great an element
1: fun. of randomness, doesn't it? I mean, like you know, the oh, the skill kind of element is kind of removed from it, and you can kind of get lucky a lot more of the time, a bit fluky, you know. It's probably why you guys did so well. Like uh, you just I mean, got I, the power ups to come up your some way for pretty clearly. great shots. You guys just got spikes all the time and just walked it nah,
0: in. Nah. It is it is <laughs> quite good though, like the elements it brings like like you said it's like super randomized but like it's like every time you go to shoot a goal and someone freezes the ball in mid air like every time you're like oh, god like yep yep I know that brings some like... really good <laughs> So bring some really good moments into it. So quality fun, quality fun for the whole family. (laughs) Uh, But let's see what else is going to bring quality fun to the whole family with the games coming out this week. Nice. So what we do have on, uh, well, today, actually, today being Tuesday when we're recording, we've got uh, several games coming out. First being uh, ReCore for Xbox One and Windows 10. uh, Highly anticipated from a few people. I do believe that our review is up of it already. Uh, so go read that if you wish to. We also have Dead Rising Trilogy for the PS4 and Xbox One uh, available as well. Uh, are you guys going to pick this one up? I know Dead Rising is a bit of a popular one amongst yeah, the team.
1: I've never really played any Dead Rising, so I'm tempted uh, What a this. great
2: opportunity to. Yeah. I think I might actually grab it. Like Back when the first Dead Rising came out on, like, on 360, it was technically amazing, but I didn't really dig it, sort of the fact that you would die and lose all your progress and have to basically start again kind of put me off, but mm. I don't know. I think I, I could appreciate that kind of game now, so I'm keen to give it a go.
0: Uh, we also have Rive for PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, and PC. I have no idea what this game's about. Does I'm,
1: anyone? I'm just amazed that games are still coming out to the Wii U, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt weird saying
0: Wii U. I was like, what is <laughs> this? What is this console here?
1: Well, yeah, um, I forget about it too sometimes, to be honest, so.
0: Yeah, well, that's a, that's an interesting one. Wii U fans out there, there is a game coming for you guys, so look uh Rive Up if you wish to. Uh, we also have Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 for the PS4 and Xbox One. Definitely watch the trailer. It's got some mad music in there. I was listening before, um, but the other two said that number one was very good, so number two must be just as good. Uh, must be twice we as also, good. Ah god I should have used that wording oh, that's why you're <laughs> you're here with me for this uh we got bioshock the collection for ps4 and xbox one definitely mass appeal for this one we got some Bio- bioshock fans amongst the team here uh
1: yes yes yeah, so i don't know if I'm, i we might have mentioned this a while back because i thought this game was coming out soon for some reason um mm. but like i've only played infinite and i got just way too scared of the first Bioshock to uh, to play it. So this is my opportunity to go back and, oh, and totally play the it. first two games, I think.
0: As a grown adult. As a, gr- grown, as a grown adult, yeah, with it's a few encouraged. extra pants. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. Let's do it. Yeah, You can afford your own pants now, I so afford- you can buy
1: some extra ones. Yeah, I can avoid... I can, yeah, yep, that's it. <laughs>
0: Uh, we also have nhl 17 for ps4 and xbox one coming out for all you hockey fans and continuing with the sports we have ps 2017 that's a soccer game right yeah um, yeah i don't follow that right? yeah so you can tell PS4 you struggled with that when one. you
1: pronounced it pes i think people just call it pes
0: P- <laughs> pes oh sorry god i'm
1: amazed they're still like trying to bring it to fifa like i thought fifa had yeah. sort of secured this victory years ago and yet pez is still kicking around yeah that's
0: weird even like with FIFA and like evo yeah, that's that's
1: true konami do have to do something <laughs> <laughs> uh we also got uh
0: sports related nba 2k 17 on ps4 xbox one 360 and ps3 uh, that is available on friday uh for you guys listening at home and finishing up with dragon quest 7 once again roman numerals making my brain work really fast uh <laughs> fragments of the forgotten past on 3ds releasing on saturday
1: it's ramping uh, so up uh, it's ramping up more games yeah starting i was to come gonna out. say
0: some quality games coming out uh which is very exciting it's getting to that time of the year where you know our wallets get very empty and our shelves get very full with all the games releasing yeah and Uh, props to xbox as well they
1: have really got some kind of good stuff hitting at the moment like with the record this week and i'm fairly sure Forza's is out next week as well like yeah they're, they're doing well good on them
0: Well, speaking of all the games releasing, we've recently had a Nintendo Direct talking about more games that they've going to release. So in the past week, a bunch of new Nintendo 3DS content was announced at Nintendo's Direct live stream. Uh, Pikmin is getting a side-scrolling game. Yoshi's Woolly World is also coming to the 3DS as Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World with new levels, stop-motion animations, and a Poochie amiibo, if that made sense. I feel like it didn't. Uh, (laughs) Super Mario Maker is making... Making its way over to with a 100 Nintendo design courses, course building tools, but some watered down online functionality. So uh, what do you guys make of the announcement? Stephen, did you uh, follow this at all? Oh, yeah, I was watching it as it happened. And
2: I do know the overall theme that I found was they're sure bringing a lot of games that were on the Wii U to the 3DS where people might actually buy them I guess so it's, <laughs> it's, it's good in a way like I'm probably not going to buy Yoshi's Woolly World or Mario Maker because I've already got them on another console but there are a lot of people that don't have Wii U's that do have 3DS's so
0: I mean great for them. Mm, i thought i'll mention as well there's a, a ton of different games too so to read through them a, a little bit we've got metroid uh, prime federation force already uh, released uh, we've mentioned about dragon quest releasing soon but we've got other things like mario party star rush uh, paper mario we've got obviously the uh, NES nest mini coming out later on we've got pokemon moon and sun uh, super mario maker woolly world uh, mario sports superstar Uh, Coming out later in 2017 as well. Uh, So it's just like, it's a massive lineup. If you guys want to read all these games uh, coming out, be sure to read up on uh, the article that we do have up on the website. Um, but Ewan, do you think, uh, is this like an effort to put all the decent Wii U games on the 3DS to get a little bit more exposure, do you reckon?
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what Stephen was touching on, I think. Um, and I'm exactly that person. I've got a 3DS when I don't have a Wii U, uh, and I don't particularly have much interest in getting a Wii U. But to see these games coming over to the 3DS, it gives me a reason to pick them up, I think, and, and to play them. And just uh, looking at that list that you read through, Jake, um, there's, a, there's a fair few that stand out to me. Um, Obviously, Pokemon Moon and Sun, I'm... Pokemon Go has created more of an interest in me uh, in Pokemon that I've had in a long time, and it's sort of made me understand the hooks of that game, of Pokemon games more so now. Uh, So I think Moon and Sun I'll probably pick up, and I'll get into that. Um, Super Mario Maker, I love the idea for that on Wii U. It wasn't enough to sell me on a Wii U, uh, but now that I can play that on a console I already own, sounds super exciting to me. Um, I also love the sort of side-scrolling platforming games that Nintendo do. They more often than not hit uh so Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World I'm interested in and as well as the, the Pikmin side scroller that they announced too um so yeah like this has kind of crept up on me because I really have remained kind of distant from Nintendo of the past couple of years um initially with the Nintendo DS I was a big fan uh as I was with the Wii uh but my sort of interest in in, in both i guess kind of really died down over the last couple of years um but yeah there's there are at least three or four games in this list i think that would have a lot of interest for in me and would would see me picking up my 3ds again for the first time in in some time
0: yeah like uh, i'm kind of similar like i i don't have a wii u but i also don't have a 3ds and when i saw this lineup i was like oh my god i absolutely need to get one like I was already interested in getting one like you know obviously when things like way back when like Super Smash and everything came onto it I was like yes I'm gonna get one never did Um, but this kind of this lineup really does I guess ignite that enthusiasm once again Uh, same as you you and like with Pokemon Go I'm really interested to get back into like the Pokemon game so you know Pokemon Moon and Sun I think does good work in terms of like you know doing something different, but also kind of having that nostalgia factor with, like, some of the old Pokemons in it as well. Um, But, yeah, it's a really, really cool lineup. I'm actually interested, like, with Mario's uh, sports superstars look pretty cool. Mm. Um, And even, like, just the Paper Mario games, too, uh, look quite good um, with the lineup that's here. So, I don't know. Whether or not I will kind of get one, still yet to see, but I'm definitely i'm definitely researching it a lot more than i had done uh, previously uh but what do you guys think do you think that this kind of this lineup and this support for the 3ds will kind of carry nintendo into the nx release
1: yeah i think it probably will um i i think nintendo or, or the interest in nintendo again you know maybe it's just coming from my perspective perhaps it's an, uh, an An opinion only I possess, Uh, but they seem to be kind of gradually coming back into the limelight again. Uh, There certainly seems to be a lot more interest in them. Um, Obviously, there's been a bit of dissatisfaction surrounding uh, PlayStation's messaging, and they're kind of coarse at the moment. Uh, And the Xbox One's not really gained that much traction. So I think you know people have a lot of curiosity in the NX, and there are sort of Optimistic that it is kind of going to really listen to gamers and give them what, the, what they want. Um, so I think, like, seeing the 3DS supported so well and that anticipation for the NX is going to tide Nintendo over quite well, I think. Um, obviously, Pokemon Go, I think, has contributed to a lot of interest in Nintendo and their properties as well. So I think, yeah, like, interest is... And hype, I suppose, is really sort of ramping up. Um, and if that translates in the short term to Nintendo 3DS sales, uh, I think that's a huge bonus for them. Um, but Stephen, like, what do, you, what do you make of that?
2: I think, I don't know, the most interesting part of this whole sort of final stretch of the 3DS and the Wii U to me is that it looks very, very similar to how the GameCube ended. I'm probably showing my age a little bit, but like back then that we had a Zelda game that eventually got ported over to the, to the Wii. You had a Star Fox game. Nobody really liked. There's just so many weird parallels that are kind of just interesting to think about. I think, I don't know for me personally, I don't think I'll be playing too much Nintendo for the foreseeable future. As far as new game releases go, like I'll, I'll enjoy Pokemon Sun and Moon, I'm sure. Dragon Quest, if I get time. Um, Probably the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is the the NES Mini. Like, the news of that being having, like, really nice, well, hopefully better emulation than the Wii U does for those games. It kind of makes me happy that I pre-ordered one while I could and... Heck, if I just play Kirby's Adventure forever, that'll be fine with me until the NX comes out.
1: <laughs> on that, have pre-orders come? Like, are they back available yet, or is there any word on that? Because I, I didn't get a pre-order down, and I think I would be tempted if I could. Any I'm idea? Not sure. Actually, I don't down? know if it has. Mm, disappointing. Hopefully, they uh, get some more units ramped up in production soon. Considering how what? they've
2: pretty much pre-sold out now, like they'd be crazy not to give more stock, especially when it's oh, getting yeah. to around Christmas and people who didn't know about it before will start seeing it on shelves and go, "Gosh, that's a cool thing." So yeah, well, I was away
1: at the time and fast asleep at the time of the announcement, and it was just like I just totally missed it. Uh, oh, but uh, yeah, like hopefully they do get some more on the market before Christmas. That'd be great. What do you guys think? Like with. This
0: lineup for the 3DS and obviously the NX coming out and the NX being this rumored like hybrid, portable, hybrid home console. Mm. Do you think it's going to take over like the 3DS as Nintendo's portable gaming solution or not so much?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I think if it is a hybrid console, then yeah, it will kind of replace the 3DS. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that'd be weird. I guess that would be kind of a, a big change for Nintendo, but I can't see them doing sort of a hybrid console and then uh, handheld on the side. That doesn't make much sense to me. Um, and just the way... So that- do Sorry, go on. What are you asking? I
0: was just going to say, so do you think that the NX will have like support for 3DS games?
1: Uh, it's a good question. That is a good question. Um, I think well, the I mean, biggest obstacle
2: there will be the split screens. They might be able to find a way around it, but yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. hard to say. That's a good ah, point. food for thought. I just thought I'd throw a curveball <laughs> in there. You know, it is honestly that you I... it, though, it's exciting because, like
1: the yeah. the, th- the 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 DS uh, or the 3DS is like quite well known for having reiterations somewhat regularly like especially in the days of like the ds Lite and the dsi and all those different variations we Um. had almost on an annual basis since the most recent sort of upgrade to the new 3ds or whatever it was called um i don't feel like there's been that much kind of uh energy i guess put in like hardware revisions or anything like that i mean we've had like a couple of different colors and stuff most recently this like funky galaxy like, Galaxy 1. Um, but, yeah, like, maybe like maybe there is kind of, like, a timing sort of scenario here of they're letting the Wii U sort of go by the wayside and the 3DS kind of go by this, the wayside at the same time to sort of reimagine both as the Nintendo NX. I don't know
2: yeah I kind of hope guess. that is the way
1: they go forward
2: because you can see especially in this generation just gone, you could see their sort of development resources were split between Wii yeah. U and 3ds and if they could have just had all of their all of their focus on one platform that can be both handheld and at home, they sort of would have had a lot more games for one console rather than split across a few of them.
1: Yeah. And sort of Mm.
2: on the, like the iterative topic, it's all rumors of course, at this point, but the rumors of the NX being powered by mobile processors like Nvidia's Tegra, apparently Mm. it sort of makes me think that the whole sort of iteration idea could be way more likely, I guess, because you get mobile, uh, mobile technologies sort of iterating and getting ridiculously more powerful year on year And it wouldn't be out of the question for them to sort of jump on that train as long as old games don't become incompatible and we have a whole weird issue around that. It seems like Mm. a more likely thing than, you know, a slightly better 3DS that
0: kind of flops. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, One more addition to Nintendo news before we uh, move on. We do have uh, the Pokemon Go Plus is finally coming out very, very shortly. As of September 16th, there will be extremely limited stocks available. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's only through... Is it only through EB Games? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, so uh, if you haven't pre-ordered, then it's probably too late, to be totally yeah, honest. Yeah, I think this is
1: probably <laughs> like... Maybe we shouldn't have even bothered including this in because they went on sale today as a recording, I think. Or was it yesterday? The yesterday time is a blur. Yeah, so they went on yesterday. So the a- site crashed. I'm fairly sure. So there's clearly a lot of interest in them. Um, mm. So yeah, I I doubt if you're listening to this, you're probably not able to get one. But you know, but not, we might get them again knows. in the future. Like maybe they'll you might get produce more. Yeah,
0: who knows? Well, let's move on to the next topic, and this is something that we consistently get moving forward with gaming, and that's remasters. Uh, so we've spoken about remasters somewhat in the past, but they're back in the news this week with the rumored release of Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection in November, and Peter Moore's dismissive comments regarding the Mass Effect trilogy remaster. Uh, Duke Nukem 3D, the classic 1996 shooter, we uh cons... Well, can't- I can't read that word, What? Is- that's the word thank you <laughs> discussed last week uh, was confirmed as having a remake on the way coming to PS4 Xbox One and PC with original and updated graphics new music composed by the original sound designer and a brand new episode with eight original episodes created by the original designers uh, friend of the show Mad Mikey love the guy and all his tweets uh, have tweeted uh, has tweeted in uh, a while back complaining about the persistent releases of remasters and remake so we thought we'd probably recap on this topic a little bit more. So where do you guys come down on uh, remasters? Ewan, do you like them? Do you not like them?
1: Uh, yeah. So like me and Mad Mikey were having an exchange over Twitter like some time ago about about remasters. I was kind of defending some remasters and... Uh, as was he to a degree but then sort of critiquing the sort of remaster uh sort of culture i guess as a whole um Mm -hmm. it certainly does seem to be in this generation that we've had this kind of abundance of remasters um and i'm wondering if it is like starting to go a little over the line but the, the problem is like as soon as we get a remaster or there's news of a remaster there's like almost a 50-50 split of people that are excited for it and people that are, oh, yet another remaster. Why don't you kind of make an original game? And it's like, well, there's clearly an audience there because there are people excited for this. So I don't know if we should be taking it away from them. Um, you know, like... I. The news pieces here that you've just, just read out. Um, the Assassin's Creed Ezio collection, you know, a remaster of Assassin's Creed 2 is is fine, but I don't know if we necessarily need the entire Ezio kind of saga, I guess. Um, Mass Effect, I think, would make a lot of sense just because those games were released over such a long period of time uh, and people have kind of jumped into that franchise at, in varying t- states at different times. Uh, we've obviously got Andromeda just around the corner as well. Uh, And then we have, like, something like Duke Nukem 3D, right, which wasn't released or hasn't, like, was released back in 1996, like, ages ago. Uh, And that remaster is coming out with a whole bunch of original content made by the people that originally made the game. So I think that's, like, really cool features. And there's something more to it other than just, like, a straight-up remaster. Um, Mm. So I'm kind of, like, mixed on it because... Half of the remasters that are announced I have absolutely no interest in, but half of them I do, so I don't really know like, if I can just blanket rule no remasters, because I'd be missing out on half of the things I enjoy and stopping half of the people out there, half of the gamers out there, from getting remasters of games they would enjoy um so i mean like it is tricky Uh, maybe they would it would be nice to get new games it it almost kind of speaks to like what hollywood are doing with remakes and whatever like they're just kind of tried and tested studio uh like uh, franchises that they know are gonna make a quick buck um so maybe it would be nice to see some more ambition like some more kind of resources being dedicated towards new games and new ips um but yeah like at the same time like I see something like the Duke Nukem remaster uh, or the Mass Effect Trilogy remaster, which I would also get a kick out of. And I'm like, well, I don't know if this is so bad. Like, I would still want to play these. Um, And it's not like we're short of abundance and new games to play as well. So, yeah, I really don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about this one, to be honest. Steven what about you? Where do you sit? I'm all in favour of remasters.
2: Like, even there are a lot, especially the ones we've talked about today, like the Ezio Collection and Duke Nukem 3D, I probably won't play them personally, but the fact that you don't have to go out and find a PS3 or an Xbox 360 to be able to catch up on the Assassin's Creed series or, you know, hopefully the Mass Effect trilogy, even though that seems fairly not going to happen from what we can tell. Um, But, yeah, I just... I just really like the idea of making games accessible to the current audience. Like the, I think um, you and you were talking about uh, the Mega Man legacy collection. That's obviously it's a remaster a a little bit further off than last generation, but Mm. just the idea of being able to play games without having to find an old console, especially if it's even older than like 360 or PS3, like I've been wanting to play the silent hill games and I had to, find uh, ps2 and find copies of the uh silent hill 2 3 and 4 to be able to play them let's just ignore the remake that came out which was a bit trash <laughs> but um yeah like if if we can just get games that are playable on current consoles backwards compatibility might be even better and save a lot mm. of effort but at the same time like i don't think any of these remasters are taking much if any like development time away from actual new games. Like we can have remasters that sort of funnel back into the development of a new game or like with Assassin's Creed, I'm sure that they didn't just take the Assassin's Creed team off and say, you're remastering the same games again. Then you start on Assassin's Creed, whatever, next one. Like this will just be a side team remastering games that are already existing while I guess the main team are taking another year extra to get the the new Assassin's Creed game looking nice and being good. Yeah. I'm all about it. I don't have any problem with remasters.
1: Yeah. And and that kind of introduces something else to it as well. It's like, it's giving kind of other studios some work. It's giving people like game developers, some, some job kind of remastering and porting games. Um, and I think like we are still seeing that new IPs can come out and show some interest. Like No Man's Sky, obviously, had a whole amount of interest attached to it. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn again has a lot of a lot of hype surrounding it. Uh, and think new IPs, so I think we're increasingly seeing that kind of new games can draw as much attention. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we have these remasters that are also doing well and are of interest to a lot of a lot of gamers. Um, maybe though, like we need a rule that's like if the game is more than five years old, it's okay to remaster it. But if it's (laughs) something that can be accessed more readily, like as simple as like through backwards compatibility, like uh, the Xbox One's now doing, or just getting your hands on a PS3 and and inserting your Blu-ray on that, maybe that's okay. And those games should be off limits. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Like Jake, where do you come down on remasters? I'm kind of like in between, like I,
0: i i kind of agree with, with you uh you and when you know you kind of like some of them like the Ezio collection for me i just feel like that's that's too soon to be doing a remaster of that even though that it has been some years uh since uh, you know the first etio kind of uh, uh introduction game but like for me this just still feels too new for that to kind of uh be there um and I was thinking about that before. It's funny that you mentioned, like, you know, make a year rule or something like that. And, you know, I, I think there kind of needs to be. Like, what, like, I understand what you're saying, Stephen, with, you know, it kind of allows, you know, people that, you know, wanted to play them and, you know, you don't want to kind of go hunting for an old console to play, you know, these games and everything. But I think, too, like, it needs to be... Like, for a remaster, I think it needs to be, you know, this great classic game or just this great game that had like really awesome gameplay a really awesome storyline that we haven't uh, been able to play for years and years and years and now we've brought it into the next generation of uh gaming like for me like the SEO collection that was still like majorly apart on like the the ps3 and the xbox 360 and like that was just last generation like for me i think that might be just too soon like you know what i mean like maybe Maybe if it was, like, one of the first release games, I can't really exactly remember when, you know, Assassin's Creed exactly came out with the PS3 and 360, but, yeah, I don't know. I For me, I just think about Remaster as being these, like, awesome old classic games or just these, like, really, uh you know, industry-shaking games that were released that, you know, would be crazy not to want to play again, um, which some are, but also some... Aren't. so uh, like it's a it's a really like gray area i think mm. like you can't you can't be like no i hate remasters but then in your catalog you've got three remastered mm. games because oh well i really actually like these ones um mm.
1: i can know, certainly it's... see where mad mikey is coming from though um but i think that, oh absolutely i think there that, that definitely is something to like the authenticity of going back to the original console that a game was released on and playing it on that system. Um, I'm sort of repeating myself here, but there was something kind of like, so thinking back on it now, there's something so nostalgic about, you know, going to my gateway PC and firing up Windows 97 and switching it over to MS-DOS mode so I could play Duke Nukem 3D. (laughs) And it's like, you know, there's something just kind of real, sort of tangible and sort of ephemeral, I guess, about that sort of experience. Um and that's something yeah. you're not gonna get by firing open steam and booting up the remastered Duke Nukem three D. Um so Yeah, but I think it it comes from what like
0: Steven was saying, that like that's just so much of an effort. And then what if you don't have that stuff anymore? You have to go hunting to find like that platform that it originally came on not to mention the game itself yeah
1: that that's true but you know that's why i think like uh we talked about nintendo's entertainment system mini why i think something like that is so special because it's kind of replicating not just the games but the entire experience that surrounded it um, huh. whilst also obviously adding kind of a more modern touch. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that that machine can even boot up in like a 4-3 aspect ratio, uh, like your old sort of CRT television, I, I think it's just really, really, really cool. Um, and I think that kind of gets a little lost in translation uh, with these remasters, like it's very important to remember that like these games come out at a particular time and place, and there's this kind of uh, technological and sort of cultural context that surrounds it, and you just lose that in a straightforward remaster. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're like, you know, like I'm obviously going through this because I'm trying to go back to this back catalogue and experience these, um, and you know, playing Symphony of the Night on a PS Vita, however great it is, obviously isn't the same to playing it on the PS One, um, but like yeah i think i think there is still a sort of mindfulness that comes from playing it on the system as it was intended um i appreciate that that's not always an easy thing to do uh so i guess remasters is a good alternative um but yeah like it's just kind of i thought worth throwing that in the mix as well that you know sometimes the the experience itself is part of the uh part of the fun
2: yeah, I definitely yeah, don't absolutely. disagree. Like, I'm someone that has a cupboard full of old consoles. I don't think I've ever sold a console, and I have just more than ah, I can feasibly well. pick, more than I can mm. feasibly hook up to a TV. And it's it's nice to go back to those, but at the same time, I I don't expect everyone to be as crazy about collecting old plastic cartridges and discs as I am, I guess. Mm.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah uh steven do you also think that we might be a little bit too far into the current generation of consoles to be still releasing so many remasters and re-releases and remakes and all that kind of jazz no
2: i think sort of
0: like with the bioshock that came out recently that's i guess there are people that missed
2: out on the earlier games and assassin's creed it's sort of strikes me as they're sort of putting it out to to make sure people don't forget what Assassin's Creed is by the time the next one comes out in November 2017. I'm sure it'll happen. Um, I don't know. I think we've got enough games that aren't remasters coming out at this point that it doesn't bother me that we're still getting them because I guess early in the generation there were, a, so there was a sort of point where there were almost, it seemed like more remasters than original games, but now it's kind of a an even split that's, yeah, it doesn't really bother me.
0: You
1: yeah. what about you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of in agreement there. Like, I don't think there's a necessarily wrong or a right time to release a remaster or, or a remake. I think it certainly makes sense in the sort of early, or like earlier into the cycle, because, you know, it allows developers to sort of test out the hardware and gain some familiarity with it um, without, like, without producing an entirely new game on that system. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's really kind of kind of uh on a individual sort of basis uh you know like you said that uh, the assassin's creed kind of remakes my uh sorry remasters i get all the terminology confused um might be (laughs) a little too soon because it's only just kind of like one generation's gap um i certainly hope they don't start remastering any like ps4 or xbox one titles um (laughs) but uh but yeah like I, I i don't think there's necessarily like a wrong or a right time um I think the number of remasters, although it seems like there's still a fair amount, I think the overall number of them has kind of reduced a little bit. Uh, it wasn't quite like it was in that first year with these consoles. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's gone too far. I think it's it's all right. But, uh, you know, like moderation. It's like anything, right? Uh, I think I think it's okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well... Moving on to the next topic and something that uh, people might find uh, that these developers have gone too far on is the topic of early access ethics. So developers of the hit Steam uh, early access game ARK Survival Evolve, Studio Wildcard have faced significant uh, fan backlash in the week as they released paid dlc content whilst the game still remains part of the early access program many complaints have been issued in the review section of the game steam page criticizing studio wildcard for prioritizing a quick buck over the p- uh, completion of the game uh, just to read out some of these uh complaints we've got one saying uh, st- uh, started off as a shining example of how to do early access ended up a complete disaster after the developer went off on adventures of making survival of the fittest console versions and paid expansion while still in early access uh, we also had another one saying they must have given up on developing this game they used to do free content releases and updates under the tag of finishing the game they instead opted for optional DLC and as of now 20 20- uh, paid DLC as well. So is it ethical, guys, to release DLC for a technically unfinished game? and what do you think?
1: Oh, I'm ready to get fired up on this one, Jake. This is, oh, yeah. this is Put on totally the uncalled it. for. This is way out of line. And yeah, and it frankly is totally unethical. Um, so I think, I think they have been lucky to get away with this for so long because console iterations is one thing. But to then, yeah, release, like, free-to-play DLC on the platform that it claims to still be in early access for is a major problem. But, you know, this, mm. isn't, this isn't something that is this is not just a sort of one-off example. This is endemic across the entirety of early access. Um, I've spoken before about Daisy. I'm a big fan on that. But, uh, like, just the sort of release surrounding that game is ridiculous. Like, they use early access as this kind of excuse to, like, just continually be developing a game almost as a platform. It... Uh, it was intended, I think, as a way to, like, as it says, like, early access. Like, we, this game is still under test, but eventually we'll release, like, you'll get all the packages and we'll sort of be done with it. Mm. Uh, but it's not, well. like, it's just been this kind of allowance for a game to come out in very early stages and for the game to just kind of progressively kind of roll out, almost as if it was a platform. But, yeah, then to, like, lump kind of paid DLC on top of that is, yeah, kind of a slap in the face to people that were there kind of day one, put that money thinking they were putting it towards the, like the development of the game only for the developers to then take that money, go off, do console versions, and then come back and start asking for more money from the people there from the start. Uh, So, yeah, like I think this is totally way out of line. Um, uh, And it just just makes me really worry about early access as a thing because I think like... It had good intentions. it came from a good place, um, but it's just been totally abused uh, not by everyone, but by a few like patir- particular examples uh, of which there are numerous examples now, sadly. Um, so yeah, like this I was really disappointed to see this, to be honest because uh, I've I've seen these developers speak. they seem like decent people, uh, they have a have an interesting game for the most part and they have a loyal fan base. Um, but I think yeah they've really made a poor decision here.
0: Steven, are
2: you just as angry as young Ewan? I mean, I don't get angry very much, but I mostly agree. Like, early <laughs> access, it's... I don't know, it's a weird idea. Like, at what point does the game stop being early access and become ready for release? Like, yeah. I, I wrote a, an article for Press Start a little while ago about, um, like, No Man's Sky and sort of having to release it at some point. You can't just stay, you know, development forever, otherwise it'll never be finished. But I feel like you have to have... At least released something to say, yep, this is ready to go before you're charging people for more parts of it. It's. I I don't quite understand how you can justify saying, here is a game that we. It's not ready to be released properly. Please give us some more money for more stuff that adds on to the thing that's not actually finished yet. It's. Yeah, I I just don't quite understand how this has even become a thing. Like, early access is so broadly defined. It's. Yeah, it boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, like, imagine if. The Last Guardian, for instance, they released as early access ten years ago and they spent <laughs> <laughs> spent the next ten years <laughs> of which now has transpired developing the game and then it just kinda like just kind of paid it out. Like it just kind of was eventually just there. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Instead, like, I think developers need to... They, they need to release finished products. And this is a bigger problem because we're obviously having lots of games coming out with day one patches or kind of various large uh, add-ons way after release. Um, but, you know, like, gone are the days where you got a game and it was feature complete. Like, it, I, the development cycle is just... It kind of been, I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of been twisted on its head slightly. Like, I, I, I like the idea of just like you, you pay off that one dollar, that sorry, that one off sixty dollar payment, or however much a new new release game is, wherever you are in the world, and you get everything that that game inspired to be there on that one disc. I don't know if I'm kind of keen on this kind of whole ever evolving platform, this kind of roll out development sort of cycle. Um I like kind of getting your finished product and kind of having it all there from day one. But you know, I'd rather wait wait longer to get a game like that rather than have it kind of piecemeal handed to me sort of over a matter of weeks and years.
2: I think, but like... You did, um,
0: oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I agree with you, and Like, I do miss, like, just being able to put a disc in and, bam, play everything that we needed on it is on that disc. Um, but do you think, like the more and more consoles evolve the more and more us gamers want that it's just like it's just too much to have ready to go at launch and developers need to see you know what what comes up in like beta testers and uh you know on on day one what bugs come out and all that kind of stuff like are we just wanting too much for gamers that our expectations are probably just a little bit way off of what can be put on that disc.
1: yeah well maybe maybe that is the case you know like i i'm obviously not a game developer so i can't speak to the technicalities of it but if indeed it is taking longer for developers to produce games then i'm advocating that they take that time i'm not saying we adhere to a strict like two three year release schedule if it's gonna take them an extra year or whatever to produce for the next generation of consoles on average, then I'm all for them taking that time. Like I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm sick of kind of like half baked products coming out um especially when they don't advertise to be like if they advertise that okay this is a platform like you know rocket league i think has come out and that was a relatively feature complete game but then they've just kind of like continued building it over time they always said they were going to do that they always said it was going to be free uh so i don't really have any qualms with that um but you know if like we get to a point where i don't know like then the next naughty dog be kind game kind of becomes episodic, and you get like a mission here and there and whatnot, mm-hmm. as we're seeing, you know, in various games now. I think that's just gonna kind of frustrate me. Like, it's like yeah. um. It's like Netflix, right? You kind of get like, Netflix is awesome because you you get the season like right there and then and you can watch, you just yeah. binge watch your way through an entire season and then people start complaining like, oh, we'll have to wait like a year until the next season comes out. But you know, like you were getting like a whole chunk of content like there in one go. Um, whereas, like, video games kind of seem to be going, like, the opposite direction. They kind of seem to be going to, like, this you-get-one-episode-a-week kind of cable television kind of thing. And I don't get that. I don't don't get that at all, really.
2: What were you going to say, Stephen? Yeah, I'm glad, actually, that you brought up um, Rocket League because I think the fact that they released a game and said, here it is, it's done, but we're going to add more free and occasional paid stuff to it as we go, I think that is a lot easier to swallow than here is Ark Survival Evolved, it's not done, but and it just sort of never reaches any sort of finished state. If they had have gotten Ark to a point where it's like, cool, here's a game, we're going to keep adding to it, but just the fact that it's still marked as early access just means, I know, I perceive it as not done, not really ready to be paid money for, but if it were like Rocket League where they released it, going to just add more stuff to it, I think more people would be far more okay with that.
1: Yeah, and let's remember, well, Rocket League launched as like a PlayStation Plus free game. I've yeah. I've never put a cent into Rocket League, which actually I'm rather ashamed of because I've played so many hours in <laughs> that game. I really ought <laughs> yeah. to toss the developers some, some money by 50 this point. Bucks. Um, but like, even if you did pay, I, I did actually did, I did buy it on PC eventually. Even if you did buy it, like it was only twenty bucks, and it was feature complete from the get go. Like there was enough game there. Uh, but they've just kind of built on it beautifully, as they always said they were going to. So, I think messaging is important as well. I want to, I want to add that on top of what I was saying prior. Yeah, totally. Well, do you guys think that maybe, you know, is this a case
0: that uh, like early access means something different these days, or do you think that this like the Ark survival kind of scenario is just it? They've they've blown it out, like they're just have done something that they shouldn't have done and early access still means early access before the game's finished.
1: Um I think there's enough examples now that we're a little wiser. We know when something is saying early access, we sort of treat it with a level of skepticism now. Skepticism. Skepticism now. Uh skepticism, Making up words. <laughs> um but uh yeah we, we kinda treat early the sort of term early access with yeah a bit of skepticism now um but yeah like it's meaning i guess it's meaning in the eyes of the consumer has changed uh it's literal meaning isn't i don't think how it's kind of interpreted anymore uh so i think yeah as as consumers we need to be a little bit more kind of skeptical of early access but I don't think it should change. I think like it really should be, hey, we're a small indie developer, we've got this cool idea for a game, we've got some work in code, uh, but we could really do it with some kind of like advanced sales to this game to help us finish the process and then like within a year two time or whatever, like here it is, here's the game, here's everything we said we were gonna add we're done now. We're gonna add some DLC down the line. You know, the first five are gonna be free, and then we're gonna start asking you for like five dollars a pop or something like that. I think that is how early access should be handled, and that's how the sort of messaging should be communicated.
0: Cool. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, move uh, in quickly into the the next two topics. They kind of go hand in hand, but not really. Uh, <laughs> one. The Last Guardian has been delayed once again. Can I get a... uh, Uh, Yeah, uh, nice. Crowd participation. (laughs) Uh, So it's now delayed until December 6th, correct? Yes. Yes. I believe so. That's what it's saying here. Uh, This is just getting ridiculous, don't we think? Yeah,
1: this is a joke. Come on. Um, it does. It
0: does say in the statement here that you know, uh, you know that they've encountered more bugs than anticipated in the final stages. But you're kind of like, well, you've had, uh, you've had like ten years to <laughs> figure those bugs out. Yeah. What have you been doing? Yeah.
1: And also, ah, uh, we're anticipating some bugs, but they actually turned out to be more than we thought. Like, wh- what are they? Uh, <laughs> what have you been doing the rest yeah, of the time? Yeah. Why? Why <laughs> were you? Why did you know there were going to be bugs? Like, I guess there's always bugs, but like, how did you? What were you planning on doing? Like it's it's only like a month away from its original release date, just like a little over. Like this game should have been going gold kind of about now and oh, look at this, guys. There's a lot more bugs here than I thought there was going to be. Whoopsie daisy. Uh, yeah. It uh, sort this out, guys. Come on. It's time. <laughs> I, it's time. It's just it's it's going
0: to release and just it's going to flop. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, know, I think I have sort of two points of view on it. Like, firstly, you have stuff that if they released it before it was really done, then we could have a whole other No Man's Sky debacle controversy about releasing unfinished games. And I guess they wanna, they yeah, the last thing i want is to be in that sort of crossfire, like um yeah, like Hello Games were. But the only other part for me is that I still haven't played Shadow of the Colossus yet, so I'm not really too bothered. I'm sure I'll sure I'll play it when it comes out, but. Yeah, I've waited this long. It's not really going to bother me for another <laughs> month or so.
1: Yeah, and I know I was just saying, like, take the time, guys. Like, if it's going to take you longer to develop a game, do it. Just, like, release a final product. But this game has been being <laughs> developed for 10 years. Like, hmm. I just I just kind of... I'd love to know what's going on inside this studio. Like, what the kind of messaging is, what the sort of feeling is. Uh, like this like numerous people must have changed it in the studio in the time that this game has been in development and uh, just like bravo to them hats off to them they've stayed persistent but yeah like I, I think this game probably should have been cancelled a long time ago and yeah. I think they've really been trying to beat life back into a dead horse um, and it, I think it is going to come come out and just kind of yeah not not perform well either commercially or critically uh, and it's just going to be a monumental waste of time. That's... I think similarly to the last topic, it's all about messaging, like getting
2: people excited for a release date and then missing it. It's just going to make people disappointed. It's just kind of how it works. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, messaging this is my guys. other thing.
1: Don't announce a game until it's ready or you know yep. it's going to be ready. That's, that's yeah. my other sort of shtick with the industry at the moment, I guess.
2: <laughs> how did Fallout 4 not set a precedent for this kind of thing? Like they yeah. announced it a couple of months ahead of time and now we've got... You know, obviously, Last Guardian was a bit before that, but stuff like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy fifteen getting delayed and mm-hmm. things like that. It's like I don't know, don't release or don't release, give us release dates so far ahead when you who knows if you're going to meet it.
1: Yeah, I think e three yeah. is e three next year is going to be like the real sort of big result from how Bethesda handled it because you know yeah, what they did was the like just the epitome of what you should do in announcing a game, uh, mm-hmm. and I think you know like. When we see Red Dead, it's going to be very much a matter of this game is out in a few months' time. Um, probably similar, Ubisoft will do similar similar things with Far Cry, uh, Assassin's Creed. Perhaps um, they even kind of did something similar with Watch Dogs this year. Really, uh, so yeah, I think that definitely will become the norm, but it's just going to take a little bit of time for those effects to flow on. And to uh, briefly mention some more sad news: uh,
0: Fallout Four and Skyrim mods are not. Coming to PS4, are you guys uh, a little bit sad about that
1: Uh, at all?
0: Are you mod people? Well,
1: I mean, like, I was going to play on PC anyhow, probably, so it's not a huge loss for me. But, yeah, I've just kind of, like, decided that Bethesda just kind of hate PlayStation. I don't particularly (laughs) know why. I don't know what PlayStation ever did to them, but, you know, Skyrim didn't work in the first place, and mods, they said, were going to come, and now they're they're not coming. Don't know. I don't know. Don't, don't know. I'm who kind of piss them it, off.
2: I think the worst part is that like it would be okay if neither console supported them, but now that you have Xbox supporting them, unless there's a massive performance difference between the two of them, there is like a reason not to buy it on PS4 and to get it on Xbox One. It seems yeah. weird that they would just give Xbox a win in that sort of category. Yeah, mm. and
1: if you're picking favorites, Xbox really? Like, <laughs> guys, come on. Well, fan what kind of showing. man are you, Ewan?
0: You're, You're not an Xbox man, what are you?
1: Oh, I thought we established that I'm a Sony guy. Have oh, we not? No, I but own an Xbox. Like I, I, I love. I'm a big Halo obsessed fan. I, I've grown up with PlayStation. Uh, but that was. I was just being a bit of a joker. Nothing, nothing against Xbox guys. It's all good here.
0: Well, I mean, you said you're a bit of a, a Sony fan, and you did mention your uh, PC before that you were going to play Skyrim or Fallout or whatever it was on. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, you like yeah. this, you like this. Last topic, here it comes, guys. Uh, so, Sony thinks that PS4's main competition is the PC. What? So Andrew House, he says I saw some data that really influenced me it suggested that there's a dip mid console lifecycle where the players who want the very best graphical experience will start to migrate to PC because that's obviously where it's uh, to be had. Sony boss Andrew House said, we wanted to keep those people within our ecosystem by giving them the very best and very highest performance quality. So the net uh, result of those thoughts was the Playstation 4 Pro and by and large a graphical approach to game improvement what do you think of that ewan huh
1: uh is he wrong is he right how's he i love you playstation i love you but guys you got this so wrong like if you think your playstation pro is gonna compete with like the gtx 1000 series and nvidia graphics cards you are horribly mistaken like we said this last week that if graphics are all you care about for whatever reason you should be playing games on pc like stop stop complaining about the lack of power on consoles consoles do their own thing like consoles you put the game in you know it's going to work you know you're going to get like a comfortable experience uh, and it's just going to be really sort of smooth and just easy to use like that's that's why you go console it's just the convenience it's the multiplayer that's what it's there if you want a graphical powerhouse, why are you not playing on PC? Like this, like this PS4 pro isn't going to cut it. It's not going to come close really to like a, a a decent sort of PC rig. So yeah. How Andrew house is mistaken here. I I feel.
0: Steven, I'm going to be controversial, man. Um,
2: (laughs) I, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like, he, his description of people moving across to the PC is exactly what I did towards the end of the last console generation. Like, games were so much worse on the 360 and PS3 that, I don't know, like, you try and play Skyrim or Fallout, and they were just felt kind of crummy compared to the PC versions. And for that reason, I moved over to PC. But I guess at the moment, I don't have a gaming-capable computer anymore just because I couldn't be bothered dealing with PC things, I don't want to go into the detail but there was a lot of stuff that kept going wrong. Um, but I, I like being able to, as Ewan said, just put a game in, download a patch for half an hour, or whatever and, and, then, and then eventually play it. Um, but like if the PS4 Pro is good enough to stop games being really worse experiences on console, it could be enough to stave off that desire to go and build a PC. And I'm not sure that it's competing with the GTX 1080s of the world, which cost more than the PS4 Pro by themselves, let alone the PC to go around it. I think it's just got to be enough to keep people on the PS4, or I guess it'll probably be similar when the Xbox Scorpio comes out, a similar sort of idea, enough to keep you from thinking, nah, I'll just throw my consoles off to the side, build a $1,500 computer, and that's where I will play games from that point forward. It just has to be good enough to to keep me on PlayStation. And hopefully that's what it'll be. I I don't really want to build a computer again. They're annoying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you
1: make a good point. Like maybe I guess my sort of, my thinking was that like, it, there's too big a gap between like a P or there is a gap between a PS4 pro and a PC. Oh, totally. But, yeah, But maybe that gap isn't really that big enough to justify spending another thousand dollars on uh, like that would you sort of be the price, I guess you need to pay for a PC over a PS4 pro. Uh, mm. So yeah, like maybe it does just kind of close the gap enough that it satisfies console players and, and doesn't sort of tempt them over to, to PC. Um, but yeah, like, you know, their, their conference last week was just so focused on the technical aspects of it and i'm like if you're really so hung up on these technical aspects i don't think console is the right space for you like i Mm. i own an abundance of consoles sorry that's a bit i i like like i i own consoles (laughs) and i always have and even when i got a pc i i still got like a ps4 and i still got an xbox one because a you've got the exclusive games on there and b there's something to be said about just kind of like sitting on a couch in front of your TV, in your living room, or next to your friends or whatever, and just playing a game there. Like, it's not always a comfortable, sort of convenient experience for me to hunch over a desk and play a game on PC. Um, for certain things that's fine, but other games, like sort of open world kind of games, big long RPGs, I like playing those from the comfort of my couch. So I'll get those for a console. Um so I like I think like it should be those kind of reasons that you choose to play a game on console rather than a PC. Like, if it's purely technical, mm. if that's your interest, then yeah, like, I think, why are you not playing on a PC would be my question.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, if you if you want the best of the best, you're not going to get it in a $500 box. No matter how much you want it, it's just not yeah. going to happen. You have to, have to pay for it. You have to deal with Windows, deal with drivers. It's all... It, it's not that bad. I make it out to be a horrible thing. It's it's not too bad. It's way better now than it has been in the past. You've got Steam Big Picture, even if you want to still have most of the console experience with a little bit of annoying, niggly stuff, it's still, still you can have sort of your console games looking nice, looking nicer on a PC, hooked up to a TV with a, I don't know, an Xbox One controller or whatever you choose. So yeah, I, t- I totally agree. If you want the best of the best, don't buy a console. But if you don't want to bother with computers, then consoles are there for you.
1: Yeah. But if you want the comfort of a console experience with a little bit more power, then, hey, the PS4 Pro is for you.
0: Hopefully. I think I think the best way for us to really uh, you know come up with the best advice for people around this topic is for Sony to send us a PS4 Pro <laughs> uh, so we could actually uh, put it to the test. Hey Sony, yes please. Guys. Yep, that would be. Do you nice. reckon they
1: watched Chappie uh, and like saw them stacking up all the PS4 Pros to like hack into the the robot and went, hey, hey, these guys are onto something. We should just start stacking PlayStations to make more powerful PlayStations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeez.
0: I like to call it the Big Mac of the PlayStation yeah. world because that's exactly <laughs> what it
2: looks like. Sounds so ridiculous. I know it's not the topic, but man, it just yeah, Big Mac. It just look a, looks like a sandwich. It's so weird.
1: Oh, you guys yeah. are talking like Big Mac is in the McDonald's burger?
2: Yeah, it's got the three oh, layers of bread. I thought it was like and some apple And you've got your delicious gamey that
0: meat in the middle. <laughs> no. I love it how you gave a polite laugh as well, you, and even yeah. though you didn't understand what was happening.
1: <laughs> I'm just being a good guest. Um, oh, oh my god, so I want I want like skins for the PS Pro Pro now, where it's got like the buns, and you can add like a pickle oh. down <laughs> one of the crevices, and then an exclusive patty McDonald's the front. Big Mac sauce. Yeah,
0: <laughs> quickly patent some patent some skins so no one takes that yeah.
1: idea.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. Well, that brings us to like all the topical stuff that you want to do, Ewan. Yeah, did we want to play a game of what the week? Yeah, let's do
1: that. All right. I have the questions ready to roll. So, yeah, we know what the wiki last week, sadly, because we were just busy talking PlayStation. Uh, But it's back this week. So I've got a round ready when you guys are.
2: Quick recap. What are the rules? Uh, Just in case I jump in when I shouldn't.
0: Sure. Uh, What you have to do is not answer the questions and let Jake (laughs) answer all the questions. I see. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I am going to read uh, Wikipedia synopsis for certain games, keeping their games, their titles of the game anonymous, uh, and it's your job to try and guess what the game is. Uh, When you feel like you know the answer, say your name or... Make some sort of loud exclamation, and I will give you an opportunity to guess. If you guess incorrectly, the other player gets to hear more of the reading and uh, make a guess themselves. And obviously, those of you listening at home or in your car or riding to school on horseback, you can play along too. Um, awesome. Good to go. <laughs> I was trying to get the scores up, but I can't find I think the if- app. My, I think if we
0: they were riding to school on horseback, I don't know if they'd have the device to be able to listen to our podcast. Don't
1: horses come with Bluetooth now? I thought... <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right, right. Well, I I know, I, like, I know Maybe they removed awesome. the, the, the headphone jack from horses, but I assumed that Bluetooth <laughs> oh, was gosh. still was still there. It used to be in the ear <laughs> hole, but not anymore. <laughs> uh, so the scores are Shannon is still in the lid on four, Farigus, Medi, Matt, Kevin, and Seamus are all tied on two, uh, and myself... I'm on one point. Jake on nil. Have you? I don't think you've played this game before, Stephen. I've not got you on I my haven't.
2: list. Oh, nope, not yet.
1: Oh, so Stephen and Jake oh are competing goodness. for their first points. I'm making it's my gotta debut. Be mine, Alrighty. So I'm not sad. <laughs> 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 All right. Game number one. The game is a racing video game set in an open world environment based in Australia, with the map said to be twice... Jake. Jake.
0: Is it? Forza Horizon. It thing. is
1: Jake. Bravo! Oh, oh my god! He's in the competition, everyone. He's a, that was a dead. That was a dead easy one. I'm. Um, I was thinking. Surely um, that's that too easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you knew what that was, Stephen. Uh, so, game number two. I nearly read the title of the game. That was close. Uh, the <laughs> game is a card battle game. Part of a Ugh. franchise. It is planned for release in Q3 2016 for Android and iOS platforms. Unlike other prominent collectible card games in the genre, which are played in turns, the game is played in real time. The players collect and place Titan, Pilot, and Burn cards to damage and defeat their opponent. Steven?
2: Um, That Titanfall card game that was announced earlier today. No, the
1: one? (laughs) Yeah, I'll pay that. It was a tricky one. It was announced just today. It is Titanfall Frontline. It's a card oh, battle game based on Titanfall. That's what you've theme. always wanted. It's yeah, not really. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, game number 3. Are we ready, contestants? Oh god, yeah. Yeah. The game is an upcoming side-scrolling auto-runner platformer video game developed by Nintendo for mobile phones. Steven. Oh, Jake. One. <laughs> I don't know who that was. Uh-oh. It was definitely I feel me. like it was Jake, but he went <laughs> before saying his name. <laughs> I said, Jake. So, <laughs> uh, okay, Jake, what's the game? Super Mario. Brand. It is, Jake. Congratulations. Oh, my God. I'm uh, so after happy. 19 what? episodes of playing this game, <laughs> you have you didn't finally have to say scored that. a point. Uh, oh, Jake, a which means we're, we're tied on points oh whoops oh, i accidentally deleted you from the app rather than adding a point oh. <laughs> press the wrong button thanks for the there support
0: that was uh that's uh, you having that optimism about me getting on the scoreboard <laughs> uh
1: there we go there we have a jake are final on the scoreboard tied in equal third place at the moment with me yeah uh, oh, so good we, uh, i will have I'm my revenge so punch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So pumped for Super Mario Run! I can't wait. I've I'll, I've set in the App Store for it to notify me when it releases. Oh, you so can do that.
1: Day one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's in it's like the first a, thing that they've Apple. done. Wow. Like first notification things. Yeah, thing, so yeah. Really cool. that's pretty cool. You can't like. Uh, I don't know what it's like on Android. Have it set to preload. You no, know? they're not like. Following. I, I don't
0: know what it will do. Or, to be honest, I don't know if it will just download or uh, whether it'll just say, "Hey, it's on here. Yeah. Download it." So I'm I'm interested. We'll find it could be out. Fun. It'll be great fun. And we've also had great fun on the podcast here tonight. So, why don't we wrap it up there? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's yeah. do that. I was going with you. Sorry, man. <laughs> well, I, I didn't realize it was a question. I assumed it was rhetorical. <laughs> Well, we could just keep going, like, I mean, if you really want to. But anyway, let's bring it in to what was episode 69 of the Startcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and any other podcast service of your choice. And also, do not forget to follow Press Start on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube at PressStartAU, as well as obviously visiting the site at PressStart.com.au to read up on all those articles and all the news that we have talked about today as well as much more Uh, remember to send us your topics either tweeting myself or press start or Ewan as well and with that i've been your host jake you can follow me on twitter or on instagram at underscore jake barras joining us today was steven yo you can find me if you want
2: on twitter instagram all the fun places at steven impson
0: and we've also been joined by none other than Ewan.
1: Episode 69! Someone had to do it. Ba, ba, uh, yes, uh, I've been Ewan. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Ewan T. Uh, that'll be all I will say. Awesome. <laughs> well, guys, I had fun. Hopefully
0: you guys had fun as well. Hopefully everyone listening had a good time. Uh, make sure you tune in next time. And until then, happy gaming.
1: Adios. Bye.